When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alrighty, uh, let's let's dive straight into it. And our first guest is Matt Bungard. He's a, a journo from uh, Wide World of Sports. He's also host, I believe, of uh, NRL Boom Rookies podcast. Matty Bungard, thanks for joining us, mate. How are you? Hey, Chris. I'm doing well, mate. How are you? Yeah, mate, I'm well. I'm well. Um, look, I, I said I don't want to get too bogged down in the whole Cricket Australia stuff, but you can't uh, you can't escape it. Every time I turn my iPhone on, there's a new story popping up somewhere, and um, you may not have even seen it yet. But Shane Warne has, has dived into into, yeah. the, into the pool as well. Uh, let, let's firstly kick off with this. Um, where do you sit on this, Matt? I mean, in terms of um, saving face or, or the brand of Cricket Australia, uh, the the head honchos, the organisers, the governing body, um, perceptions are very important in sport. And perceptions oftentimes are reality. They've got some damage control to work through, haven't they? Yeah, big time, mate. So I think regardless of where you stand personally on Langer's tenure and whether or not he should have remained as a coach, I think the one thing that most of us agree on is, is what you said just before I came on, which was that uh, the, the way that that sort of disrespectful six-month contract extension was offered out was, was certainly... I guess, not optimal for anyone involved. And I think that's really the main part of this that everyone can sort of agree with, that that, that really shouldn't have happened and that the way it's been handled in the last couple of weeks by Cricket Australia hasn't hasn't been the best, I think, is, is putting it mildly. Mm. Have you got any um, sort of gut feelings who they might go with? Do you think Andrew McDonald might be there for the long haul? Have you heard any whispers to the contrary? <laughs> no, but I, I have... Read in the past that Andrew McDonald, I think, was on the record as saying he he wasn't interested in the job on a full time basis because of the, the sort of family commitments and, and the time away that it would that would come with it. But I I guess you know people's situations change, and I think that, you know it's one thing to say that when the job's not there right in front of you. I guess it might be entirely another um, when it is. Um, of the of the rest, I know that you know Jason Gillespie, Ricky Ponting, that they, they they're great candidates. Uh, and then, you know, if you want to throw in a couple of the outsiders, there's Gary Kirsten. But I think the one that, I guess, makes the most sense, in my opinion, would be Trevor Bayless. Just in terms of, like, the the decorated career that he's had. I mean, I think I don't think it's unfair to say that he's probably the most decorated Australian coach that hasn't yet had the honour of coaching the Australian national team. I mean, he made a World Cup final with Sri Lanka, won a World Cup with England, won a bunch of stuff with the Sixers in T20 cricket. And, yeah, to me, that feels like the best fit, just purely because of the, the experience he has getting results in 20 over, 50 over and um, first class cricket. So, mm. yeah, I, I would be opting for Trevor Bayless if it was up to me. But I think that, I mean, I wrote about a list of the potential candidates yesterday. As you mentioned, Andrew McDonald, Jason Gershaw, Ricky Ponting, I mean, you know, Gary Kirst and David Sager, mm. a few other guys. I think you, there's a lot of great choices there. I don't think they can mm. really get too much wrong there. Mm. Just just back on, on why um, this is dominating the headlines, and we will be talking about it for days to mm. come. You, you, you can't avoid it, and, and nor, nor should we. We are a sports uh, radio station, so we are addressing all, all the big issues. But, you know, you've got the likes of Mitchell Johnson, Matthew Hayden, Adam Gilchrist. Gil, uh, Gilly spoke today, actually, on our network, and we'll play that a little bit later on. Shane Warne's the latest to mm. come out as well. Um, 
I think the, people find it incredulous to think because if you look at any any and and you know they say that uh, being the Australian cricket coach coaches is mo- the second most important office in the country. If Scomo <laughs> goes tomorrow, uh, we're probably reading about it for a few days. This one, we're probably reading about it for a few few weeks, if not more. But yeah, well, I think yeah, I think Rose McManus used to joke about the cricket captain, act, uh, the cricket coach actually being more important than the prime ministership. Well, so, there you go. Yeah, it could be could be the, number one. There you go. But people are shaking their heads because, and I've rattled off those stats earlier. I don't need to go through it again. But World Cup done, Ashes done, World number one done, all that sort of stuff. So if mm. they're key performance indicators, well, it's tick 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 boom, right? Well done. Um, but. They're saying, yes, I know, but uh, it's a bit of a fractured playing squad. And uh, a few people thought he was a bit too intense and didn't like his ways. Let me, let, let's look at it another way. Let's fast forward, say, 12 months, all right? And, and this is the scenario. And listeners, you have your thoughts on this as well. Let's say this yeah. happens. We fail to make the semifinals at the World Cup, so we don't defend our World Cup title. Um, we lose the Ashes in England, okay? This all happens in the next 12 to 18 months or two years, let's say in two yeah. years. We fall sure. from number one to, let's say, number four in the test rankings, okay? So then what do they say to the coach, the new coach, whoever it might be in two years' time? Well, and let's say it's Andrew McDonald. Andrew, look, mate, I know. Look, I know we've lost the Ashes. And look, I, I know we didn't win the World Cup. Look, and I know our world ranking has plummeted. But you know what, Andrew? It's a very happy playing group. <laughs> They're really kumbaya. <laughs> they're, they're really together. They're enjoying the way you're doing things. Um, pat on the back for Andrew McDonald, or do you show him the door? You see where I'm going? Yeah. No, I think it's a fair point. And I think that whoever the next coach is, I think they do need to be judged on the, particularly on the test performance and obviously the Ashes being the, the sort of pinnacle of that. Um, the T20 stuff's a little bit tricky. Obviously, you know how much variance there is in T20 cricket. Like, you know, a, a couple of balls can change the outlook of an entire tournament. So, you know, there's not a whole lot that coaching can do when there's sort of just like, you know, entire matches. An entire T20 tournament can be turned on one or two. No, very, I agree. But very... a World Cup, a World Cup, yeah. um, it's a very impressive thing to put on your CV. I wish I could oh, put no, it on Oh, no, absolutely. My... And I, I think Justin Langer's achievements in the last uh, year or so as Australian coach have been incredibly good. Um, and I, but I, I will just try and offer a counterpoint, and mm. I'm not saying that this is my my beliefs, but you know this is from what you've read and from what I understand, the the turn in results after they lost the Ashes, after they lost to India, after all of the sort of bad parts of Justin Langer's tenure happened, the the, the the turning point seems to have happened after the sort of players got on the front foot and said, look, mate, we kind of need you to just be sort of yep. less on top of us and less involved and kind of take a back foot. And I would say that if yeah, and if you look read basically what anyone that's sort of well-connected to the team around the last couple of years has said, they've all sort of universally said that in that last year or so, Langer's involvement in the team has been far less hands-on. So if that is true, and then the, the team's best run of results has come in the time where he's done the least coaching, well, I don't actually know if that is sort of a ringing endorsement of his, of his coaching ability. Mm. Okay, no, that, good argument, good counter-argument as well. And um, I guess, yeah, only those in... Yeah, yeah, in, that's in the, exactly. the corridors of power, all the team really know, you know what has what has played out. Anyway, he's gone. I wish him well, and uh, our listeners uh, look. I think the majority um, are flabbergasted yep. to borrow a term from um, the great late Rex Mossop. You know. Um, <laughs> now moving forward, um, we're a week away away from cricket, a week away from uh, Super Bowl. 
Super yep. Bowl, seven days away. I know you're an NFL um, tragic. You love it. I haven't been across it today. Any, any sort of news angles um, going into the match a week out from the, the big one? No, mate, not really. Um, you know, it all starts to really ramp up uh, after the media day in a couple of days' time. That's sort of when sort of, you know, teams are looking for the other one to give them ammunition and where we, where we really get those sort of amazing moments and, and cool sound bites that sort of carry us through to the game. Um, yeah, it's it's a huge weekend of sport coming up, and it's usually you know this is apart from the Super Bowl, this is usually the kind of year, the kind of the time of the year where it's a little bit dead sport wise. The cricket's over, the Australian Open's over. I mean, that's why the Langan news came at sort of a great time from a work standpoint for me and for every other sports writer in the country because you know it was pretty much the deadest weekend of the year from a from a Australian sports point of view, but and from a world sports point of view in terms of Australian interest, but. Um, yeah, we've got that and the UFC this weekend. It's going to be fantastic. Um, I personally can't oh, wait. Oh, you're a UFC freak as well, are you? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I, I've I've covered the UFC for a couple of years now. I uh, yeah. did some interviews with, with Robert Whitaker, Israel Asanya, and Ty Tuivasa over the last couple of weeks, if anyone wants to check yeah. those out on Wild Water Sports. But, you know, I think it's fair to say that that fight card on Sunday afternoon is, is in my opinion, the biggest ever in Australia, in, from an Australian context in UFC history because you've got Robert Whittaker fighting Israel Adesanya to try and regain the title that he lost a couple of years ago. Yep. And then in the co-main event, you've got Tai Tuivasa, mm-hmm. um, the former Penrith Panthers and Sydney Roosters uh, mm. rugby league player who, who became a fighter a few years ago fighting um, Derek Lewis, who's one of the top heavyweights in the world. And I think if he wins that fight, he would then be in line for a title shot later in wow. the year. So absolutely. And Casey O'Neill, female fighter on the card as well. So yeah. can't wait. What what sort of time are we talking? Do you think on Sunday for those, uh, f- uh, say for the headline act? Yeah, well, you can. You, it's it's like boxing, right? You can never yeah. know exactly to the minute because it all depends on how yeah. long the fights go for. But the main card starts at two o'clock uh, New South Wales time, so uh, mm. Australian daylight savings time. Um, and so you would expect Whitaker's fight to be around three thirty, maybe just after. It just depends on how long the fights before that one goes. But yeah, um, okay. yeah so somewhere between three and four on on. Sunday afternoon. We might get you on Sunday. I think I'm in here with Sports Central. Would that be right? You know, you keep my diary for me. You will be here, Cowboy. Chris. I won't be, but you will be. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, we have to have a chat about that. Thanks. Yeah. All good. All right. Yeah. Uh, sorry, mate. We're just breaking away from our chat here to have a little... You know, no, that's get, fine. Get my it's diary. important to be organised. Absolutely. Um. <laughs> yes, absolutely it is. Um, yeah. What else? What else? What else? What else? Um, in terms... Of, just back on um, Adesanya and uh, and Whitaker. Um, what yep. sort of shape is, is Whitaker in? Um, well, in, uh, in his, compared to a couple of years uh, ago, I mean, yeah. So he he's definitely involved evolved as a fighter to an extent. I think his striking's improved. His wrestling's always been good, but that's gotten better as well. Um, he said personally, I know fighters always say things like this, but he thinks he says he's in the best shape of his career. He thinks he's a completely different fighter to what he was a couple of years ago. And for listeners who aren't UFC heads, Robert Whitaker was the first Australian UFC champion. He won the title a couple of years ago. And then he defended it against New Zealand's Israel Adesanya and lost it in a bit of an upset. And since then, there's sort of been very much a rivalry building between the two. And now they're finally, three years later, going to get their hands on one another this weekend. And, you know, when two men get in the ring and get their hands on each other, anything can happen. So I can't mm. wait. I'm throwing out to our listeners, um, Matt, uh, Roosters fans out there, if, if they want to pick up the phone or, or jump on the text mm. line. A lot of people are suggesting they will um, they'll win the premiership this year. I'm hearing more yep. and more people jumping on the Roosters bandwagon and they had a horror year last year. Um, what would you say would be a successful season for the Roosters? Do they need to win it? Do they need to make the grand final? What would be the, the bar of expectation? 
Well, I think I think their first priority just needs to be to get through a season without having half their team mm. suffer season-ending injuries. Mm. Um, but I agree with I agree with that sort of consensus of listeners. You got they're my pick to win the comp at the moment. I think I just think just given how many players they had out in the back half of last year, especially and the fact they still managed to make the finals and they were still managing to sort of be competitive for large chunks of the season, it's just a testament to how great of a coach. Trent Robinson is. They get Joseph Suwali, who'll be a year older. They get Sam Walker, who's going to be a year older. They get Luke Keary back. They get a host mm. of other players back. They're going to be really tough to stop. I think that, I know it's boring, but it, it does kind of seem like, especially in the last three or four years, it does seem like it's the same teams that mm. are good every single year. And in my opinion, it will just be Penrith, South Melbourne, and the Roosters as the as, as sort of teams to beat once again, which I know is a little bit boring to say, but mm. um, yeah, I, I think some teams like the Bulldogs have made really good strides, but I don't think they're. I don't think they, they, for example, are in a position to be sort of challenging those mm. guys at the top table just yet. So, yeah, Roosters, in, in, from a Roosters point of view, it's hard, right? Because, you know, there are, there are three or four really, really good teams and only one's allowed to win a premiership. That's just how it works. And you can go, you can, you can, just, you can go five to ten years of being really good and only winning one or winning zero premierships. You know, South have been pretty brilliant, most, mm. most, say, for probably one or two bad years there at the end of the Michael Maguire era. But from 2012 till now, they've, Made the prelims, I think, what seven or eight times. Never they got one title to show for it. Like yeah. th- that's just how it goes. So I think, like, you can't just say, "Oh, title or bust for the Roosters." But I do agree with you that I think if they're healthy, top four and a prelim or grand final appearance is the benchmark. Mm. You say the usual suspects seem to be, um, you know, the most competitive again. Yeah, well, I know it's boring. Man, but well, just, what's happening? Yeah. Well, the salary cap. What's happening to it? It mustn't be doing its job then, hey? Um, well, they're all spending, or they should be spending about the same money. Matty Bunga, thanks for jumping on the line, mate. Always good to talk. And as I say, we might we might have a chat on Sunday if, if you don't mind, if you're around. Uh, talk oh, some, mate. Talk uh, some hopefully UFC. it's a very cel- yeah. Hopefully it's a very celebratory atmosphere after Whitaker gets his belt back. But we'll see. Let's hope so. Thanks for joining us, Matt. Appreciate it.